all I want for Christmas is you. You, baby. I can see why you're on Deezer. <laughs> oh, gosh. The goddess just sent me a mess- message, and she says, I'm not cooking after that remark. He better start cooking. Ha! Say what now? You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve, and Sid. Everybody and welcome to episode. Uh, damn. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Show of Yours. This is episode four hundred and thirteen. I'm your host, Tricky Mick. Alongside me, the man, the myth, the legend. He's Alex. You know, I heard you and our guest uh, talking some shit when I couldn't respond over Skype. So uh, I think our guest—I don't want to spoil anything—but I think our guest wants to uh, start a fight this week. <laughs> always, always. You up for it? You spirited, witty son of a bitch, CJU. Look, I don't want to get into an argument, but... So what we do best here on Treppy Horrors is talk like we know everything and uh, get into arguments. Hold on, let me get through the introductions first. Yield is not here, uh, but we do have the Australian Avenger, CJ, here. Hey, guys, what's up? I really expected, like, a fuck you out of you or something for that introduction. Oh, I'll I'll go with the standard, standard Australian greeting then. G'day, mate! How are you alls? Yup. Oh, I better leave the last one out. Yeah, I figured you'd be a little upset that I called you an Avenger. (laughs) Yes. Uh, The Avengers. Well, I saw Tricky. It's surprising, because I've been on this show a couple of times. You've tolerated me a few times, and each time you've slipped in this Avengers into the the schedule, I notice, well, it looks like there's no Avengers here. I'm sure it'll somehow get in here, but at this stage, there is no Avengers. It's already in there. I'm sure it is. There is an Avengers. Yeah, because I I actually uh, hid one of the topics under a false headline. (laughs) Which one, I wonder? (laughs) Well, hold on. If CJ is an Australian Avenger, what's his superpower? Uh, the hating of the Marvel's Avengers. Yeah, look, I'm not a massive Avenger fan, but that's you know, it's, it's a slight on myself, obviously. I mean, that's okay. Like you're entitled to your opinion, but is that a superpower? What a hate for the Avengers. Well, it depends how yeah. you harness it. I think. Yeah, <laughs> could be. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure. No, look, I don't. You really on- do want to fight this week, don't you? To be honest, look, I, I ha- I'm not qualified to comment on the Avengers because I, I haven't really seen the movies and I don't really know. So you know, look, I, I'm as anyone who knows me knows, I'm happy to talk about anything. I don't require actually any knowledge on the subject, but I am going to draw a line here on this one, the Avengers. Okay, let's get into our update trophy. Yeah, I am level 54, total trophies of 12,721 with 229 platinums. Alex. You know, Tricky, you you sound so good at reading trophies that I really want you to read my trophies, too. Yeah, because I can see you're not in the agenda. No, I'm not. You are level 31, total trophies of 6,924 games, or trophies in with 102 Platinums. Yield is level 28, total trophies of 5,907 with 92 Platinums. Steve is level 16, total trophies of 2,231 with 11 Platinums. Sid is level 40 with total trophies of 9,336 with 170 platinums. And CJ putting us all to shame is what? 
uh, level 100 with 35,814 trophies and 902 plats. I thought it was 900, but listeners, there's a, there's a trick here. Always update the app because I got an extra two plats. I don't know how that happened, but look, I'm going to take them and I'll thank Sony for that. They gave you a platinum for updating the app. Well, they, they did. They did. In fact, that takes longer than some of the games I've played this week, Tricky. So that's, it's not surprising. Yeah, I, I kind of slowed down. Speaking of what we're playing, let's get into, I mean, if you can, uh, you know, spare us, you know, like maybe n- narrow it down to like 10%. What have you been playing this week, CJ? Of the entire Sony catalog? I can I can narrow that down to, to 10%. <laughs> um, let me see. Well, look. Look, I don't know. To be honest, I actually have not. I've not been playing a huge amount in the last couple of days. I finished Life is Strange uh, season two, uh, which obviously won't go into because of spoilers. But look, I really did enjoy it. If your listeners have been waiting for it, all five episodes are out now, so you can you can play it all. Each episode is maybe like two hours at a stretch, so sort of it's it's not a long experience the whole way through, ten hours or whatever else. It's, it's, I think it's a little bit more evolved than the first season. Uh, but having said that, if you didn't particularly like the first season, I don't think you're gonna you're gonna like the second season. It's more it's more of an interactive movie, I suppose, particularly the last few episodes. So there's very little gameplay. It's more sort of, you know, narrative and dialogue. But if you like those things, you'll like it. I thought the story was good. And then Tricky, <clears throat> I don't know if you know this about me, but I've I've found this new this new genre, subgenre, I suppose, of games, if you like, the German horse racing adventure game. And so I've been getting into that a little bit and I've been playing the classic of this this literature, the Windstorm and the Windstorm's Aria Rival, which is a beautiful, beautiful coming of age story of a of a girl riding a horse around the German countryside in in a sort of a narrative archery field i don't know why there's archery in it but there is a lot of archery archery field uh horse jumping horse capades i suppose so it's a beautiful a beautiful game so that's pretty much all i've been playing i will give a shout out to mr daryl i will not give a shout out to his trophies because well why there's so few of them i don't feel like it but uh only because the good man good man okay well hold on cj could say that about any of us Yes, yeah. Well, look, I feel comfortable saying that about Daryl uh, because, and, and the reason I'll, I'll say this, Alex, is because is you're a completionist. You know, you're not going to argue with me on that. You're a completionist. That is a fantastic thing. Tricky is a trophy whore, trophy pimp. I'm a massive trophy whore. I'm not sure what Daryl is. He's like a nothing. He's just in the middle. He doesn't have enough trophies to be a trophy whore. He's clearly not a completionist. He's just, he's just something. So I, I can't give him any more time than that. That's enough. Other than to say, Sir Daryl, the control, I know you bang on about this game a lot. Control now has a Japanese stack. I hope to see you on that. In fact, Tricky, we, this might be the first case of him entering the Asian store. Not not a certain yeah, Asian I, store, but I, maybe I, I the Asian think... gaming store. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. We'll see. Uh, yeah, I mean, that... that... Horse game sounds kind of like Bobby Horse Adventures, and that's a that's a platinum that Daryl has. Yeah, no, it's it's got a little bit more substance to that. Too. I know we joke about it or whatever else, but it is a it is a really a really beautiful game. I, the studio I can't remember off the top of my head, but they make a lot of these games. Very few of them come to PS4. Most of them are on on PC. And it, look, it's it's a high end product or whatever else. It's fully voiced, um, all the subquests and stuff. And it's just like, I don't know if you like really relaxing games or not, but if you're in the mood for like a really relaxing platinum, and look, to be honest, it's not even that short. It's about twelve or fifteen hours, but super relaxing and and just fun. Yeah. All right, Alex, what have you been playing? Oh. Well, so yeah, so essentially, just I've I've been playing some of the Winter Festival Grand Prix for Crash Team Racing, you know, because I do enjoy my Crash Team Racing. Whenever they put out a new Grand Prix, I got to get all the stuff as soon as possible. But they are starting the holiday event for Rocket League tomorrow on the sixteenth, 
So if you're listening to this on Wednesday, it's, you know, it's been out for a few days now. But yeah, so I've just been basically playing the same racing games or car-based games that I've been playing, just so I can decorate my car with holiday-themed goodies. Alright, and the only thing I've been playing, uh, Alex, you're going to have to fix this and edit, uh, is some Rock Band, some Division 2. I'm, I'm trying to log on my trophies to see what else. Uh, the Lego Incredibles. Uh, which I, I'm kind of glad they, uh, CJ, they kind of updated the trophies in the way you earn them. It's not the standard list of, hey, collect all the gold bricks, collect all the red bricks. They actually added stipulations to each of the story. Excuse me. I get the hiccups all of a sudden. Um, added uh, stipulations to each of the story missions, so you have to play each story mission in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not just a, a straightforward platinum anymore, which I, I like. Do, um, does this mean you have to play the levels multiple times then with characters or, or various ways? Or? Well... Well, well, okay. Just give me an example. Like with the typical Lego games. I mean, you've platinum the Lego game, right? Yeah. Okay. You know how you play the the the, the first way through, and then you go through on free play to collect all the mini kits and all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, this one. Uh, in the very first level, because it's not a spoiler, and who, you know who cares if I spoil a Lego game? <laughs> There's a trophy called Clean, Well Lubricated, and Wound Tight. In which you have to throw five enemies into the gears during the mission. So that's not like a standard thing that you would do. So you have to go out of your way to get that. On the second one, um, you have to perform a wheelie for 10 seconds. On the third one, you you have to score incredible in all the raccoon encounters. So it's like they they added stipulations to each of them. So I I like that. Because now it gives me a reason not to just run through it real quick. Yeah, and actually give a shit about the story missions because that the story missions are like to me was always the worst part of that. It was I wanted to just knock them out to get to all the characters so I can run around the open world and then go back into the story missions and mess around with the characters and you know get everything I wanted to get. Because I always found it frustrating when the first time you go into a mission you see a mini kit but you can't grab it because mm. you don't have a mind reader mm. Mm. or you don't have somebody with laser beams or something like that. I always found that frustrating, so see, I like that. I always find the Lego games a bit overwhelming, to be honest with you, for that reason, because when you're going through the level, there's so many things going on. Most of, as you say, most you can't do anything with until the second run, but I, it, it's like everything is there, isn't it? You just can't get it. it it's just a bit much right. for me. I it's think. frustrating. Yeah, it is frustrating. <laughs> It'll be almost better if, like, I don't know, it was locked. Well, it is locked, I know, but it wasn't sort of there until the second run or something for me, but, you know, look, look I don't play a lot of those games, so I know they're all very very similar in that aspect, so it's the, the style they are. You know, you know why you don't play a lot of those games, CJ? Any reason why? Uh, l- no, I- you know why you don't play oh. a lot of those games? No, please, enlighten me. Tell me why. Because they're tedious as fuck. This <laughs> is pretty true. Like, like it's I not enjoy a five Marvel second Le- Lego Marvel superheroes, but like you, like I don't really find myself overwhelmed by a lot of Lego, ga- Lego games until I played that game and it was so expansive and so big. Yeah. I love the fact that there were a ton of characters, but you have to so mu- invest so much time into those games. And let's be honest, a lot of it's bullshit that you have to play through just to get like all the characters and all the trophies. It's kind of like, why even saddle up on this? I enjoy playing the game, but the amount of time I'm going to have to pour into it, it's like, is it really worth it? Yeah. 
I agree. I think I think a lot of it comes down to whether the property interests you as well, because I think the last one I did, which was a while ago, was the Lego Jurassic uh, Worlds, I think it was, which I thought was great because, you know, it had the voice voice um, overs from the movie dropped in. So, and, you know, I've seen the movies. I, I sort of, like, I enjoyed and lived the experience. But a lot of the other games, like the Avengers or the DC, uh, they don't interest me as much. So I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think there's just too much going on there yeah. for me. All right. Let's move on to our topics as we have... Quite a bit to talk about here. Uh, mostly the show is going to be the Game Awards. Well, that's all it's going to be. I'm going to go through all the winners. Uh, if there's a certain category or thing you want to talk about, please stop me. And Otherwise, I'm just going to keep moving on. Uh, best game and tweet of the year was a guy from uh, YT Sunnies. It was basically, I don't know if you guys saw it, the Super Mario Maker level with all the fire ranches having to jump around. Uh, stressful shit. Uh... I don't understand why this was an award. Uh, the next one is the Player's Voice Award, which I guess is the you know just the the general public picking which game they like the best. And the winner was Fire Emblem Three Houses. Yeah. Uh, your best esports host was Effie Shocks uh, Uh He was your winner. Best esports coach was Danny Zonic Sorison. Your best esports event was League of Legends World Champion 2019. Your best esports team was G2 Esports. Uh, and your best esports player was Booga. If if you guys don't know who Booga was or even care, uh, the he was the one that won the uh, $15 million. Or no, excuse me, the $3 million at the uh, Fortnite event in New York City. Uh, is he the uh, young one, or was wasn't there a young kid yeah, that won? Yeah, he yeah he's the one that won, and then like two weeks later, somebody swatted his house. Oh wow, is he all right? Yeah, yeah, he's fine. Oh, good. Uh, and your best esports because you know if you have three million dollars and you're not all right, that'd be a serious question to ask. But well, <laughs> well, to be real, he only has a a million and a half because they took uh, half of it in tax. Oh yes, I forget the great country of America does that. Excellent. Yes. And your esports game was League of Legends. Your content creator of the year, also known as the Trending Gamer, went to Shroud. Your fresh indie game presented by Subway went to Disco Elysium. Uh, your best multiplayer game. Uh, your nominees were Apex, Borderlands 3, Call of Duty, Tetris 99, and Division 2. As predicted, Division 2 did not win. Apex Legends won. Your best sports racing game, Alex. Crash Team Racing Nitro Field. Uh, and the other nominees were Dirt Rally 2.0, E Pro Football, E Football Pro Evolution Soccer 2020, F1 2019, and FIFA 20. And yes, Crash Team did win. I tell you what, it would have been hard for those uh, two soccer games to win the best racing category, wouldn't it? But you know, good luck for trying. <laughs> Is that it? Was racing slash sports? Oh, I didn't realize that. Wow, that's a pretty diverse category. And, and to isn't be it? honest, for wow. Crash Team Racing to beat out a FIFA game, which you know how popular those games are, two mm. soccer games in general, or should we say football games, uh, that's pretty impressive. Mm. Yeah, no, that's great. And you know they have continued to give support to the game, even you know we're on the sixth Grand Prix of free content, so you know they've put the work in with Crash Team Racing. It's great to see the similarities, though, between Crash Team Racing and the FIFA games, Alex, with all these microtransactions, <laughs> isn't it? It's fantastic. They're basically... You know, yeah, it's... 
I, I'm going to be honest, after so many Grand Prix and, like, with the Rocket League stuff coming out tomorrow and, like, just trying to play through Pokemon Sword, uh, I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, okay, I want the stuff for Crash, but I don't necessarily want to continue playing through all the Grand Prix. so I'm I, I'm about willing with some money I got for my birthday uh, to put down some money and just buy all the shit right now. Cheap, cheap plug for your birthday there, Alex. <laughs> uh, well, you, could, you couldn't give me a proper happy birthday yesterday, so... That's because I don't like you. Okay, well then, I mean, we don't like each other, we already know that, but you can still give me a happy birthday. I gave you a happy birthday. I gave you a picture of Aloy a couple years ago, I think it was last year for your birthday, and you yeah, love Aloy. Yeah, this, this year you did nothing. I, I commented on your wall. No, you did not. Yes, I did. No, you and Alex did, or you and Yield did not. B.S. Go back and look, sir. The Game Awards. I shall. Bringing people together. <laughs> no, I like Alex, but uh, I, I, I was joking with him, because... Uh, uh, he he wrote something on the wall, and I, I'm still not sure it's English. Uh, do you want me to read the exact statement that I wrote? I thought not English was uh, your forte. Okay, wait, hold on a second. Let me read it. And, uh, CJ, you being from another country, you tell me if this is English. No, 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 hold on. I'll, re- I'll read the entire thread. Tricky said, "I wish uh, I would wish you ha- I would wish you a happy birthday, but I don't even like you." And I said, "About time with your slow ass." And then he said, "Sorry, working." And then I said, "Should have been working on my birthday." Hello, Michael Miller. Was that English? And then I said, "As far as I can tell, what part of that entire string didn't sound like English?" Should have been working on my birthday. Hello. It may not have been the best sentence, sentence structure, but it's on Facebook. Why the fuck am I going to put some effort into that? Moving on. I tell you what, Tricky, if you'd at least wished him a happy birthday, it would have saved six minutes of my life then. I hold you accountable for that. <laughs> your best strategy game, your nominees were Age of Wonders, Anno 1800, Fire Emblem, Three Houses, Total War, Three Kingdoms, Tropical Six, and Wargroove. Your winner was Fire Emblem. Emblem. Okay, so we're going to take a moment here. Alex, because you're a Switch player, I want to ask you about this Fire Emblem. Have you played this, or do you know about this? Because it seems very intriguing. Seriously. I know of it, and I know it's very popular. I personally haven't played any of the games, none of the Fire Emblem games. I know some of the characters because of Smash Brothers, but I don't really get into the strategy games all that much, so unfortunately I can't give you any feedback on it. Although I've only heard good things about uh, the game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry about that. It does sound interesting, though, yeah. Your best family game, which just should have been renamed Best Nintendo Game. Uh, Luigi's Mansion 3! Uh, your nominees were Luigi's Mansion 3, Ring Fit Adventure, Super Mario Maker 2, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and Yoshi's Crafter World, a.k.a. all Nintendo games. So, yes, even Jeff Keighley says they like Nintendo's chances in this one. And, yes, Luigi's Mansion 3 won. Yeah, it's about time it got some credit because, like I said, Nintendo finally treated it like a big holiday game, like a AAA game, like a flagship game they could sell a console on, and, you know, it's paid off for them because Luigi's Mansion is awesome. Your best fighting game, Dead or Alive 6, Jump Force, Mortal Kombat 11, Samurai Showdown, and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and of course, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate was your winner. Best and RPG- I, I want to say that, like, a lot of people may be like, well, why did that win for this year? It came out in 2018. Uh, I get, it wasn't in the running for last year's awards, so that's why it was they after the cutoff. Yes, because of when it released, they lumped it in with this year's. Yeah. Did you say Mortal Kombat 11 was in that nomination? Or, yes. Yeah. The others are very weak games, to be honest with you. So I'm not not surprised that Smash won. Yeah. 
That seems fair. Uh, best RPG. Your nominees were Dis- Disco Elysium, Final Fantasy XIV, Kingdom Hearts Three, Monsters Hunter World, Iceborne, and The Outer Worlds. And your winner was Disco Elysium. I keep hearing this name, Disco Elysium. It is very frustrating to someone who does not own a gaming PC. This tricky is dangerous at this time of year to give an award to a game like this. The hype it is, it's very possible come 2020, I may have to sell my PS4s and buy a gaming PC. Because Alex, this game, I don't know if you know anything about this, but it's supposed to be amazing. Like a 10 out of 10 over the top amazing. So, Which, which game, CJ? This is this Disco Elysium. So my understanding is it's a sort of a top-down uh adventure game i suppose but it's supposed to be fantastic the writing and everything else so i don't know if you know about this game tricky or not but someone has to play i've heard of the name yeah it's only been out for a month or two i think it's it's very new as well uh it is i according to the website it's only on steam right now so all right uh moving on your best action adventure game. Your nominees were Borderlands 3, Control, uh, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, and Shikiro Shadows Die Twice. And your winner was Shikiro Shadows Die Twice. Best action game. Your nominees were Apex, Astral Chain, Call of Duty, Devil May Cry 5, Gears 5, and Metro Exodus. And your winner was Devil May Cry 5. My question to you, gentlemen, before we move on here, is the last two categories I read were best action adventure game and then best action game. Aren't they basically the same? Mm. Well, they're very similar. They both have action in the title. Well, I mean, I guess there's some things like uh, you would say Breath of the Wild is more of an action adventure game because there's a lot of exploration involved, whereas something like Devil May Cry, well, I, I assume this is the case, but, you know, the Devil May Cry games that I played in the past, are more linear. Yes. And their your kind of exploration is kind of um it's a bit restricted. So the focus is on the action more than the world around you. Yeah. I'm not necessarily saying like, you know, there there's shortcomings in the story, but they don't really focus too much on building a world that you can fully explore. It's more on the combat and just kind of the story. That's the kind of distinction I would make. Yeah. I Okay. I always thought action adventure was more leaning towards that RPG category as well, loosely. But as opposed to the linear one. Who knows? Who knows? Who cares? All right. Best VRAR game. Uh, your winner was Beat Saber. Mm, good choice. Best best community support. Uh, basically, a.k.a. after our game breaks, we, we help you the best we get it back fixed. Your nominees were Apex, Bungie. Uh, excuse me. Apex, Destiny, Final Fantasy XIV, Fortnite, and Rainbow Six Siege. And your winner was Destiny 2. I tell you what, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say next year, Gross Recon Breakpoint is in with a great chance of winning if that's the case. Because that game couldn't be more broken if they tried. Excellent. <laughs> I own that game and still haven't even started it up yet. Well, by next year, it's going to be awesome. But <laughs> uh, Best mobile game, Call of Duty Mobile. Grindstone, Sayonara Wild Hearts, Sky, Children of Light, and What the Golf? And your winner was Call of Duty. Yeah. You know, it's funny, we don't hear the name Mario Kart Tour on there, despite that being like a huge game to come out for mobile systems. That's because it was shitty. Well, that's what I've heard, and that's disappointing. Uh, Best Independent Game. Uh, Your nominees were Baba Is You, Disco Elysium, Katana Zero, Outer Wilds, and Untitled Goose Game. And I was surprised Untitled Goose Game did not win. 
But Disco Elysium won. It's because these awards are racist to Australians. That's why it didn't win. How many of these games were made in America? This is ridiculous. Well, also, didn't you just talk about how you want to play that game, CJ? Which one? <laughs> Disco Elysium. <laughs> I do. I do. But I'm not racist in my... But, you know, Untitled Goose Game is an Australian game by House House. And, you know, it's a great... It's a fantastic game. You know, I don't, I don't see why it didn't... You should share the love. That, you know, you don't need to win more than one award. That's enough. I mean, one award uh, per country? Yeah, why not? <laughs> or per game? Best. Isn't best it wonderful that game. we have not heard the name <laughs> Death Stranding yet? What a surprise that is to my ears, listeners. Uh, I'm sure it's coming. Best <laughs> best ongoing game. Don't you talk Apex. about Tricky's boyfriend, Kojima, like that. I'll tell you what, Apex, best, best ongoing two. game should be Death Stranding. That thing goes on for like 200 hours. Final Fantasy fourteen, Fortnite, and Rainbow Six Siege, and your winner was Fortnite. That's a disgrace. Games. That no, sorry, we're gonna stop again. That is a disgrace. Oh. Shadowbringers, the expansion to Final Fantasy fourteen, is a sixty plus hour narrative story. It is unbelievable how far that game has come, and it's lost to a free to play, a free to play game set in a single map inhabited by fifteen year olds. That's ridiculous ridiculous anyway carry on look i'm i don't really care to talk a lot of shit about fortnite but i will say the fact that they only have one map despite how huge it is the fact that it's only one like the same map every time like yeah well, you, really how, like that is kind of well, off-putting as well, far to, as like, like that's something fair, i don't like i look at the game and it's like wow that's really not that's that's not great no, well, all right well to be fair this is their second map it's just the first one is no longer available. Yeah, but see, Alex, when your clientele has a memory span of five seconds, you only need one map. They keep thinking it's a new experience. This is the game. This is the game that added fishing into it. Talk about a ripoff from JRPG. They added fishing. You fish guns out of the water. What is going on? Come on. Come Someone's on. Someone's hiding contraband in the, uh, the seaways there. I don't know what's happening. Games for Impact. Your nominees were Concrete Genie, Gris... Kind Worlds, Life is Strange 2, and Sea of Solitude, and your winner was Gris. It's a solid category, that one. They're all fantastic games. Uh, best Performance. Your nominees were Ashley Birch for The Outer Worlds, Courtney Hope for Control, Laura Bailey for Gears 5, Mads Mikkelsen for Death Stranding, Matthew Portera for Casper uh, for Control, and Norma Reedus for Death Stranding, and your winner was Mads Mikkelsen for Death Stranding. That's typical, isn't it? The main character couldn't even win the main character award. <laughs> well, and I, I was also, I was kind of miffed at this one because I, they kind of like gave this one away on off stage. Like, I, this is something that somebody put their work and effort into. Have them come up and talk about it. You know, this this isn't like a a team award. This was somebody that put their performance into it. This mm. they should have gave you know somebody. Now, granted, if Mads Mikkelsen wasn't there, they should at least had. Norman Reedus or Kojima or somebody stand up and, you know, do an acceptance speech. They gave this one away. It's like, oh, yeah, also we gave away this prize. You, you've um, played this game, so you're the only one that can comment. But would you agree on that? Is, is it a good performance? Or <sighs> Okay. I can't really answer that without spoiling the game. Well, you could just say yes or you agree with the award or not, I suppose. Well, I, well as, I, as I said... Uh, when we talked about the the nominees before, the the way Norman Reedus and Mads Mikkelsen their performances are very limited, and it's in chunks. Like Norman Reedus doesn't really talk a lot, mm. 
It's everybody else in the in the scene talking. Mads Mikkelsen talks a lot, but doesn't really make a lot of sense until the end of the game. Yeah. Okay. So when you say, did he have a good performance? I, it's it's hard to answer without going into detail. Okay. Fair enough. It's surprise. It's a surprising though, because that Jesse Faden in control was very good. So it must have been a good performance. I think it, that seems like a pretty solid category. So. Yeah, but see, I think best performance is more of like a a popularity contest. True. That than anything else. Uh best audio design. Your nominees were Call of Duty, Control, Death Stranding, Gears Five, Resident Evil Two, and Sekiro. And your winner was Call of Duty. Uh, best score in music, uh, Cadence of Hyrule, Death Stranding, Devil May Cry 5, Kingdom Hearts 3, and Sayonara Wild Hearts. And your winner was Death Stranding. It's good they didn't give the I, I, show. I, I do agree with that one. They they did have good music. Yeah. Uh, best art direction. Your nominees were Control, Death Stranding, Gris, Sayonara Wild Hearts, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, and Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. And your winner was Control. Hmm. Good to see they, they, they got an award. It's excellent. See, one award. That's all they need. One. Nice. <laughs> Best you know, narrative. I have a feeling uh, that that game was so <laughs> fucking weird that most of the panel didn't even know what was going on. And this is my theory about Sekiro as well. How many of those judges actually managed to finish the game? You shouldn't have been allowed to vote for that game if you couldn't finish it. That would be interesting to know, wouldn't it? I think that would be interesting. Control. Well, look, I don't know what happened. Five minutes in and I couldn't figure out what the fuck was going on in this game. But, like, where's that category? Some of these categories are ridiculous anyway. Most weirdest fucking game of the year. That they would have won. Well, actually, to, to, to be honest with you, Death Stranding probably would have won. That would that would, that would have been a killer ca- That would have been a killer category, though, I can tell you. CJ's on fire today. It would be, though, wouldn't it? Could you imagine the weirdest game of the year? Death Stranding versus Control. Is there anything else, Alex, that could go up against that? I'm not sure. It might be something else. Oh, I'm sure with all the games that came out this year, there'd be something weird that you could tack on to that category. But I think that we need to start referring to CJ as Scrooge because he's he's got a, a stick up his his ass this week. He's got a lot of gripes that he's got to throw out there. Yeah, I got to get him out before the the, the new year, so I'm cleansed and I'm ready to do this all again. But you know, he's playing but- Santa and he's put coal <laughs> inside his sack and he's uh, beating the shit out of people. Yeah, that's it. right. Look, I did not get my check from Sony this year, so I'm not I'm not holding anybody's hand here. I'm saying it as it is. Sony. Best narrative. Your nominees were a Plague Tale, Control, Death Stranding, Disco Elysium, and The Outer Worlds, and your winner was Disco Elysium. Best game direction. Uh, your nominees were Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2, Sekiro, and Outer Wilds, and your winner was Death Stranding. And for the biggest award of the night, Game of the Year. Your nominees were Control, Death Stranding, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Resident Evil 2, Shakiro Shadows Die Twice, and The Outer Worlds. And your winner, I think surprised a lot, was Shakiro Shadows Die Twice. Surprising, because half the panel probably didn't even finish the game. They probably died on that first boss 10 minutes in, because it's very difficult. You lose your arm. How are you supposed to win that fight with one arm? It's ridiculous. I think you're supposed to lose, but that's not the point. How many of the panel got to that point and went, well, this is game of the year. I've done enough. It's too hard for me, obviously. I'm sure that most of these awards are based, uh, doled out based on comments on Reddit. <laughs> that could be. <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, like, it's it's a surprise given that the competition 
in that category, I mean, Resident Evil, how well that sold. You had Super Smash Brothers, which sold like crazy. And you, no, we're not basing this on sales. But there were some big name games in there. And for Sekiro, such kind of a niche game to fit in there. Because let's be honest, not everyone wants to play the style of game like Bloodborne or Dark Souls or something like that. But the fact that an extremely difficult action game like that from Firm Software, which is not necessarily a household name, one, speaks volumes about it. So, I mean, I, I definitely think that this... Uh, I mean, it's a huge win for them and, like, well-deserved because they always make quality games. Like, while their games are hard as shit, I've never had any issues with their games. I wonder if there was a bit of peer pressure in that voting room at the end there because, you know, like, you know, old mate sitting in the corner and he's like, hey, what'd you think of that final boss in Sekiro? Like, that was awesome. And then, you know, the guy beside him's like, oh, shit, I didn't finish it. Oh, yeah, no, it was awesome. It was awesome because he doesn't want to feel bad. Then, you know, old bloke on the side's like, oh, that last boss was nothing compared to the second last boss. And it just escalated into this, oh, game of the year, of course. And, and that's how it happened. I think, I think that's... Penultimate boss is a son of a bitch, I'll tell oh, you that. Look, you know, I found the title screen intense, so... One of my other big takeaways from the show is... I know a lot of people had, like, they, they, they heard about Control, and, it, like, the first glance, when Control first popped up, people were like, oh, that sounds really cool, like, that game looked really awesome. But I know as, like, time went on and people saw more and more of the game, it seemed like a lot of people lost, um, really the excitement for the game. Like, it lost its luster, but at the Game Awards, that game got a lot of love. It's a difficult game, though, Control, I suppose. It sort of, it didn't come out maybe to a lot of fanfare or whatever else, and, you know, it didn't chart, so so maybe people dismissed it. And it is it is a very strange game, so maybe it just flew off. I think it's going to, it'll get, it'll have, it's a game, sorry, that will have a long tail. Like, people will discover it, you know, in time and, and really like it. So there's just so many oh, other things. he went outside to smoke. That's what he did. Uh, but no, uh, I can see Control being one of those games that comes out for like PlayStation Plus, mm. maybe six months to a year down the road, and a lot of people get to play it through that. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting for Remedy though, because if it is true, and it and you know it's not that big a financial success, you know this may pave the way. And I think I think their next game they're working again closer with Microsoft, so this may pave the way for them to even be absorbed again into Microsoft, which would. That's another massive win for them if that were to happen. So we, we shall see. Well, I mean, Microsoft, like they, like there were some announcements from Microsoft at this show that definitely should excite people. Mm. But my thing is, is like they still need to kick up their first party support, especially after Sony bought uh, Insomniac. Of course, of course. All right. So there was other than the awards, obviously there were announcements. And let's go through some of the announcements. Now, I'm not going to mention every announcement because there was a bunch of them. Really? Because uh, uh, this is a PlayStation show, and uh, which you always like to remind people. And the next two topics are Xbox. Well, I, I bring up the Xbox because Microsoft unveiled their next generation console, which was surprising to me uh, because you kind of figured they'd want it like their own stage and not be overshadowed. Um, and out the box, Jeff Keighley said the biggest surprise that he had, he's surprised that nothing leaked about this at all. The next Xbox, formerly known as Project Scarlet, Scarlet will now be called the Xbox Series X. Uh, We're kicking the numbers out of there. Unless that's a Roman numeral. Well, I think the, the name confuses me because when I first saw this, I did not think this was Scarlet. I thought this was another version of the Xbox One. Yeah. It wasn't until everybody started confirming that this was Scarlet that I was like, that's really weird that they announced it that way. Uh, 
I don't know if you guys have been in the Trophy Horse Facebook group, but I've been trolling the shit out of this thing. Oh, I've seen. It looks like a computer tower. Well, we're getting closer and closer to uh, video games being computers, or uh, consoles being computers. But this this looks weird. It doesn't uh, look weird, it's just a giant rectangle. It do, it's not like it's like oddly shaped like a... Uh, a sci-fi like spaceship or something like star. It's like it's part of a starfighter. It just looks like a big black rectangle. It looks like a computer tower. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. But that's not uh, weird. That... Come on, Alex. Come on, you Tricky. don't think you don't think that looks weird for a game console? No, not at all. How how many game consoles have been boxy or rectangular? If it had but been not... shaped like the Grinch, or if it had been shaped. Like, I don't know, a ham sandwich, then maybe I'd call it weird, but it's, it, it's like, rectangular. It's got edges, it's got corners. How's that weird? I find it amusing uh, that you have a problem with its design, and you look at the, the PlayStation 5 dev kit, and you're like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it, that, it, the PlayStation that, 5 dev kit looks like a bunch of ducks flying south for the winter, mm. and Tricky's all on board. No, no, I'm saying if the console looked like that, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But that at least has some substance. That that looks like a V, a 5. No, it looks like a starfighter. It looks like a spaceship. It looks like a V. Yes, it looks like a V. It looks like a spaceship. All right. Uh, the next thing they oh, well, announced... Just before we move on from that, though, like, I, I understand your point, you know, and they're moving towards PCs or whatever, but from my perspective, not being a PC gamer, and the reason I choose not to is, and I know it's more expensive, but that's not predominantly the reason. The reason predominantly is that I don't want to deal with, you know, the computer when things go wrong and, and upgrading and all this sort of stuff. So this moving towards a PC, but in console form, and I'm assuming it's going to sort of run like the current Xbox in that you just turn it on like PlayStation and it works. And and I understand it's not going to be as powerful as maybe a gaming PC, but it's going to be, it's going to be good still. That's exactly what I want. Like, so I don't have a problem with them. You know, you, you sort of say that I can see why it's a bad thing if you own a PC maybe as well. And, and you already have that. Like, I don't know why you would buy this, but then, you know, Phil Spencer's sort of, he's bridging the gap between PC and console console anyway that that's where they're going you know with their game pass and everything else so i think for someone like me that doesn't want to deal with having a pc i think this is good like i'm to be honest with you you know i'm i have a feeling that 2020 might be my last year of focus gaming on the playstation because xbox is doing so many good things with this game pass and everything else and i i don't doubt this is going to be a better system more powerful than ps5 also don't doubt it's probably going to be twice the price of the ps5 (laughs) when it all comes down to it but i it's getting harder and harder to just, you know, laugh them, them off. I think they're a serious, you know, well, they're a serious contender. Well, well, please don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not shitting on anything besides the look. I do believe it's going to be powerful. Like, I just, I just think it's the wrong look for a console. But other than that, I mean, the specs I've seen and, you know, yeah, they're seriously coming after the top spot for the next generation. And I like that because, you know, as we say on the show all the time, competition breeds better games, better diversity, and all the other stuff. I, I, I want Microsoft to bring it. I'm just laughing at the design of the console. That's all I'm laughing at. I think the name is fantastic too, because can you imagine now you can just say to your partner, "Look, when I get home tonight, I'm just going to get some Xbox sex into me." 
Like, I think that's fantastic. <laughs> I think that's well thought out. I think that's appealing to the 12-year-old gamer, you know, the, the, the ha-ha, look, it's a dick joke. And it's also appealing to, you know, the crusty old 30 or 40-year-old man who's just looking for some sort of action, any action at this point. And now he can get it from his sex machine. I think it's great. Uh, all right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Uh, the next game they announced, which I gotta, I gotta, uh, I gotta understand if Alex is a little upset about this. Microsoft and Ninja Theory announced Senuous Saga Hellblade 2 during the Game Awards. Uh, and it's in development for the next-gen console, the Xbox X series. Uh, the Xbox head Phil Spencer came to the stage after the reveal and said that the trailer is, quote, captured all in engine, according to him. Uh, Alex, did you see this trailer? Uh, I mean, I didn't, but I will say that, I mean, if you remember the first Hellblade game, Senua's Sacrifice, was exclusive to the PlayStation 3 for a period of time, and then it eventually came to Xbox. Well, well and... PlayStation 4. You said PlayStation 3. PlayStation 4. Oh, sorry. It was exclusive for the PlayStation 4 for a time period, and then it came to the Xbox uh, eventually. So, I mean, then by Ninja Theory... Sony obviously does not own the publishing rights to it or own the rights to it. So, I mean, this was only a matter of time. Like, anything, obviously, that Double Fine or Ninja Theory do from now on is going to be owned by Microsoft. So, uh, I really did enjoy the first Hellblade, but it's, to be honest, as much as I enjoyed it, I also feel like, you know, this is not, like, something I'm like, oh my god, I never get to play this. I'm going to have to go buy an Xbox for it. I mean, I, I'm not trying yeah. to, you know, like, lessen the impact of the game because, like I said, the first one was really good. Uh, but it's, it's a game to be honest that I could, I could miss and, you know, having played the first game still feel like, you know, I got quite, I got what I wanted out of playing the franchise. This is this is an interesting point, Alex, because this is what I wonder too. I feel the same with Hellblade. I don't think it's going to be a system seller for them. I think there are, you know, it's more of a, it's not a wide appeal game. I, you know, I can't imagine it appeals to kids, some of the subject material in the first one. So, so it's a more mature person's game. But I don't know that it's going to be enough to sell the system. And I think this is what's going to be interesting for Microsoft. Like, at the moment, the way it stands, I think the only real system seller they have is Forza. And I know Halo's coming, so that will be as well when it finally arrives. But other than that, are they going to have enough? Like, they've got all these studios, they've got some great games coming, but is there going to be anything there that's a real system seller? Like, you know, Nintendo had it with the, you know, um, Breath of the Wild and stuff. Will there be something that that comes and i just i'm sure there will be it's just going to be interesting to see what that thing is here's here's what i would say because let's be honest i've heard you know a lot of people who play halo um talk about how the series has never been nearly as good since 343 took it over so at this point like i know halo still has a lot of like purchasing power with people and it still has like a strong brand name but you know to hear people talk about how 343 i don't want to say has ruined the series but just can't do as well with the series as bungie are we at a point where Halo, they need something beyond Halo and Gears to actually sell a console? Absolutely. Yeah, I have a feeling that is the case. But, I mean, they have a ton of studios, so we'll, we'll, I suppose we're going to see what, what's happening. But I think you're right. I think they need something. Uh, I did see the trailer. Uh, if this is all in-game, I, I'm fucking impressed because that the facial animations on uh, Senua were unbelievable. I have a hard time believing that was all in game, uh. But hell, if that if that's all in game, somebody better step their freaking game up. Well, I mean, it shouldn't surprise you because Ninja Theory has done a lot of work with Andy Circus before. Of course, Andy Circus of uh, you know, like well, a lot of done a lot of mocap work in movies. 
but you know most notably probably with the lord of the rings series so quite frankly like their work with him should tell you that in his involvement i believe he was involved in hellblade the first hellblade so i'm assuming that he would you know carry over to this one but he uh i mean he carries a lot of weight and his expertise in the area especially given the fact that video games and like the the world between video games and movies is like blending together uh i mean that should you should expect that kind of like quality out of the work from ninja dude. but but Al, i mean after the show go watch that trailer and you'll understand what i'm saying like there's been facial animation that has been you know superior this was like top notch yeah, I, well, yeah. Like, I mean, because there, I, mean, I had a hard a time. Believe- powerful system. This is coming for the the next Xbox, isn't it? Yes, but what I'm saying is, this looked like I was watching a movie rather than because, like, when you see facial animation in a video game, you could always you could you could always tell that it, that's not like a camera looking at somebody. Like, there's there's something about it. This looked like Sandy was just standing right in front of a camera, and there was a camera on, and it was no. Uh, no work done at all. Just like she had a face paint on and that's what it was. To be fair with that trailer though, they didn't show, like they were all cutscenes by the look. You didn't actually see right. movement. So it's hard to know, like they could have just been rendered to the max and you know, cause they're, they're not going to be playable scenes. So, but th- then I agree with Alex. Like you look at the first one on, on PS4, like in my mind, there's been two games that have harnessed the PS4 properly in the, in the graphics department. It has to be the first Hellblade and it has to be the Re- Resident Evil 2 port this year. Now, nothing else has come close to that. And that's like a real question for Sony and its developers. Why can those two games do it and the others can't? And this is the other reason that like, you know, you turn on your Xbox One X and games look they're noticeably better, but I have a feeling that the PS5 Pro can replicate most of that. It's just that most of the devs don't seem to have the knowledge that, you know, Capcom and maybe, well, they have different knowledge, I suppose. And I think that's an issue for Sony going forward as well. Like, because all this drain, like whatever you want, all this drain is going across to Microsoft. If this, if this, you know, if this knowledge is sort of contained in these teams, and it's not being shared around the Sony ecosystem, which look wouldn't surprise me because it seems to be run all independent anyway, then that's a serious question as well because Hellblade, if you go back and play that game, I'm sure you've played it, and you, it, it's a beautiful game, but how come there's nothing else? Like, what's going on? And I think that's a really, you know, that's a real valid question, I find. You know? And it's a question, unfortunately, that a Sony pony won't be able to answer because they don't have any, you know, point of reference to what's going on in the other systems, so... You know, don't accept what's coming out. If you don't think it's right, then tell them. Some of it's garbage. All right, moving on to our first officially announced PlayStation 5 game. Uh, developer Counterplay Games and Gearbox Publishing announced Godfall. Uh, Godfall will come to the PlayStation 5 and PC and is an Epic Games Store exclusive in late 2020, bringing a, quote, looter slasher, end quote, experience to the next generation. Counterplay is described as Godfall as an action RPG with third-person melee combat. Players will be hunting down loot, wearing legendary armor, and fighting loot-hoarding enemies. Godfall can be played alone or in co-op with two or three players. Now, obviously, we know there's other games coming to the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. uh, Most notably, Watch Dogs Legion, Rainbow Six Quarantine, and Gods of Monsters. Uh, But this is the first one that is not coming to the previous system and is only coming exclusively to the next generation console. 
You know, even though Sony had some news stories sprinkled in here and some announcements at or things to show off at the Game Awards, I still think, and even the fact that you have posted so many things about the Xbox Series X on the Trophy Horse uh, page on Facebook, <laughs> shows how much Microsoft kind of, even just with one announcement, just kind of dominated the show. Yeah. Well, obviously. I mean, they, they like I said, Microsoft announced it like they... They were hoping to steal the show. It just it's it's weird to me that they announced it at the Game Awards because you figured they'd want their own stage. But yeah, they definitely. Well, you like, think about it, the ev- Game Awards is a is a huge like a huge televised audience for them to you know instead of saying oh hey let's get on E three and just maybe you know Xbox fans will watch it. The Game Awards is for all gamers, and you would assume that there's a wider audience that would watch that than would just watch a Microsoft press conference. So actually, Absolutely. it might be one of the best places to um, announce it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I understand the strategy, and like I agree with everything you just said. I just, I, I don't know. I just kind of, I expected Microsoft, Nintendo, and Sony just to announce their new hardware on their own stage rather than trying to share the stage. But you're right; it, this is definitely dominating the conversation. So that's good. What do you think now that you've seen it and, you know, it you know, potentially resembles a, a PC and the specs are very high end. I mean, that was an interesting thing that Sony, you know, it's rumored to be sitting on their specs because they wanted to wait and see. Although, you know, if they're not in the market now, it's going to be too late to change it. So they're going to have to go with whatever they've got. So I'm not, not sure that I believe that. But having seen that, it, I wonder now what the price is going to be because I don't think it's going to be four or five hundred. I think this might like, what do you think? This potentially the Series X. Yes, this could be expensive. I think if they announce the Series X more than $500, all the goodwill is going to go out the window. Yeah, but you do realize there's a SKU that's going to be lower than this as well. They're going to release a, a SKU that won't have it, – it, they reckon it'll only be slightly better than the current uh, X that's available now. So they're going to split the market. Well, that's, that's still a rumor, though. That's, well, it, well, I mean, the, the other the, – you're, you're right. I, I do believe a SKU, another SKU is coming. But that's all right now. That's all just speculation. That's rumor. Yeah. We don't know if that's actually going to happen. It's just interesting because I could see it being more than 500. And I wonder, see, I think this generation, the Pro and the Xbox X, that was maybe the limit of people being able to buy, or not being able to buy, but agreeing to buy both. And I just wonder how much higher the price can go before a lot of people go, I'm not going to double dip at the moment. I'll just, and I know I know it's a small percentage that at the start that are probably double dipping, but there's some. I wonder what that price is that, that maybe we see this time people going, well, you know, uh, this is just going to be Microsoft for me this time, or it's just going to be Sony because I can't justify both at that price. I, I think I think both systems are going to come out at $500. We'll see. All right. The next bit of news uh, is just basically an announcement. Control DLC is out now. Uh, if you So if you like Control, there's new DLC. And the first expansion is coming out in January. No, excuse me. Uh, March 26th, 2020. So, they, you get more control coming. Uh, the next thing we have is we actually saw an extended trailer to the Ghost of Tsushima. And we have a release date of summer 2020. That makes me nervous. Well, to be honest, IGN was correct. Uh, if you remember, or if you listen to the show, uh, when we Yield and I talked about this, IGN was correct in their ass- assessment that late summer, or, you know, like, would be the time when that game will release, given the fact that Last of Us Part Two was pushed back to May. Well, right, but they see because the the problem is is that like you just said, Last of Us Two is May 29th, and then you have to assume the PlayStation Five is coming out in November. 
because they're not going to want to release it in December, and they're going to want definitely get it out before uh, Black Friday, uh, a couple weeks. So you have to figure maybe the first week of November. Uh, so there was a very short window to release Ghost of Tsushima and give it its own space to not be cannibalized by The Last of Us. Uh, overall, I mean, I, I this game still has me worried. If this is it, it, if this is coming out in summer, what is what is even Sony launching with on the PS Five? What's left? Well, the speculation I mean that we had on the show is uh, we're thinking it's going to be Horizon Two. <laughs> Jesus! Oh, come I, on! You know, I mean, I think the game that we just talked about um, will be what was that game again? The the first PS Five exclusive, uh, Godfall. That'll probably launch with the system. I don't think we'll see Horizon Two launch with the system. You'll probably see that, I'd say, within the first four, maybe the first six months of the PlayStation 5's lifespan, but I don't think you'll see it launch with the system, especially since we haven't heard anything about it. They're not going to be so silly to launch such a divisive game uh, as a console, so I I agree with you. All right, the next bit of news we have is Joker is the next combat coming to Mortal Kombat 11, and a lot of people are happy. He seems to have had a... uh, change in his look uh, a lot of people were complaining about the look before saying that he looks a little better my only complaint about this reveal trailer is they had him come out to a fight with Cassie Cage dressed up like Harley Quinn I feel like if you're going to bring Joker out and you want you have to set, start separating him from Harley Quinn and I just think that was a mistake it's fan service like even adding Joker into the game is complete fan service so I mean why not have extra fan service with Harley Quinn in there like a nod to Harley Quinn yeah, but it, that just, to me, without it being Harley, it just seems like a cheap thing to do. Well, Joker fans and DC fans will be very happy with that. Maybe not necessarily you will be happy with that, but they will. All right. Uh, the next thing we have, Telltale Games is back from the dead, as we reported. And The Wolf Among Us 2 has been reconfirmed. It's going to be an Epic Store's store exclusive. And a console re- release is expected. Uh, this is coming back from LCG Entertainment, as Telltale revealed. As the, the, the Wolf of Two, the Wolf Among Us Two is back in development in partnership with Ad Hoc Studio, a developer f- featuring several former Telltale employees. Uh, and no release date has been announced. Uh, Adam Harrington will revert, return as the voice of B- Big B Wolf. While Erin Yevitt is reprising her role as Snow White, and Jared Emerson Johnson is back as the composer for the game. Nice to see Telltale Games coming back. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, like I I played through the uh, the the Wolf Among Us, and and Ashley did too, and so we both want to play the sequel. I will say that because I mean, yes, this is Telltale Revive, but it's not the same studios that they were before with the same talent. They are working with some of the same people, as you said. But before I get super excited about this and I'm completely sold on it, I definitely obviously want to see what the new form of uh, Telltale actually puts out, like the quality of games and what we can expect yeah, they, from they, them. They definitely need a new engine. And now the, the what's, what's come out, uh, I don't. this wasn't really a new story, but what came out uh, after Telltale closed down was that uh, a lot of the developers were uh, angry because the engine that they were working on was apparently made and uh, invented by one of the co-owners of Telltale. 
and he forced them to keep using that engine. And that frustrated a lot of developers, and that's why they said a lot of their games didn't have the quality and the polish that they wanted because they were forced to use an outdated game engine because one of the owners uh, required them to use it. Could also be the fact that they were working on 50 different games at the same time, but... <coughs> that too. But this is good news uh, for this one. Absolutely. All right, and the last uh, thing we're going to talk about here as far as reveals, uh, in a very confusing situation, a new Fast and Furious video game has been announced called Fast and Furious Crossroads and is coming in May of 2020. So a little five months out here. Uh, it was announced during the Game Awards by actors Michelle Rodriguez and Vin Diesel, who also will be playing their roles in the film in the game itself. Not many details were revealed about Crossroads, but it does appear to be a story-driven, action-driving game, as you might imagine, set in the cinematic universe. There are plenty of cars, many of which outfitted are some pretty heavy weaponry, and you'll be driving through some of the -the over-the-top set pieces in each area. Also, uh, Tyrese was in the trailer. Uh, What do you think about this, Alex? I mean, I, you know, it's... To me, the um, Fast and the Furious movies, like, they're basically big, dumb summer action movies. Like, they have some value to them, but overall, like, they're not great movies. They're essentially like, oh, hey, I'm gonna go not give a shit about the story in this movie and just watch people drive around in fast cars and, you know, get the adrenaline flowing and all that. But, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not excited about a video game or anything like that. Like, if I saw a Fast and the Furious movie on, like, Netflix or something, it's like, yeah, let's have some fun. Let's watch this shit. But, like, a game, I'm... I'm only interested in, like, specific racing games, like, as you can tell, me playing a mascot kart racer, so unless it's, like, something like a split-second sequel, you know, I'm I'm not really all that into it. All right. CJ? Yeah, I think I think it's cool. I mean, it, like, I, I don't know this game. I haven't seen the trailer, but I'm just looking at the pictures now. But a lot of these movie tie-in games are, are usually shorter experiences. Like, the, we had recently the Terminator Resistance was, like, five hours. It's good. Like, I mean, you know, if you go in knowing it's only five hours, it's good. Um, Zombieland 2 even had a, had a game, um, you know, based on the movie or whatever. Again, about six hours. So they're, they're not AAA, but it was good. But... Uh, I saw that in the stores this weekend, and I was like, I was real dubious on it. I'm like, oh, a zombie. Zombieland movie or Zombieland game? Yeah, I definitely would. Not sure I'll be investing in that. I wouldn't pay full price <laughs> for it, but it's it's actually Alex. It's not a bad game. It's a top down uh, twin stick shooter uh, style game, and from and you know it's just it's good. It's fine, but you know again, it's fine for like twenty US. I don't know what they're charging for it over there, but I wouldn't pay more than that. Um, Probably more than twenty US. Yeah, well, you just wait for a sale. I mean, it's only been out a few months. It'll, it'll come down. But yeah, for you know, for for you know, a day or two. It's again, it's only six hours or so. So I wouldn't. I mean, look, the Terminator game. Like I think is it's a great one of the most fun games I've played this year. But they're selling it up for a hundred Australian, which is insane, you know, for what it is. But when that comes down, that'll be it'll be a fun, you know, movie tie-in afternoon game. So they definitely have their place. They're just always overpriced um, when they first come out. But yeah, I just I just looked up Zombieland Double Tap Road Trip, which is the game. Yeah, and it is currently available at GameStop. For the price of forty dollars. Yeah, so when you know it gets to twenty, it's a good deal. Probably not forty. <laughs> all right, so that is all the announcements. Our topic of the week is basically going to be our overall thoughts of the Game Awards. It sounds to me like Alex, you really didn't watch the Game Awards. You just watched some of the trailers. I mean, I I, I read through the news afterwards, but quite frankly, like I we don't have cable, and you know I don't spend a lot of time watching TV. So like I figure I can just catch up on it the day after instead of devoting all my time to watching the entire thing, like, I can just kind of, like, 
take like pe- like little bits here and there of what I want to actually consume, you know? All right, CJ, your overall thoughts? Well, I want to ask you about this, because I wasn't familiar with these awards till we talked about them the other week on our show. And, you know, so so I, I know it's been running for a while, just I hadn't come across it. I wanted to ask you, because you, you obviously watched it before in the past, and you watched this one too. Is it more of an award show, or do you think it's just more of an advertisement for what's coming? You know, th- it's funny you ask that, because a lot of the conversation lately has been... What what are the game awards? Are because uh I CJ, if you're just finding out about the game awards, uh what you do need to know is that Spike TV here in the US used to have something called the Video Game Awards. Mm-hmm. And when that canceled out, Jeff Keeley started up his own awards, couldn't call it the Video Game Awards, so he started calling it the Game Awards. And over the years, like the first couple of years, they they were really shitty. Okay. I mean, I, there's there's no way to sugarcoat it. It it was bad. But over the years, it's gotten better and better and better. And now the latest debate that I'm hearing about this is, should the awards really focus on the awards? Or should they just hold a ceremony, say, hey, listen, these are the awards. uh, Do that in the morning. And then later that night, do an E3 style press conference where you're revealing all the stuff. Because the balance between the awards and the you know, the surprises and the reveals has always been, you know, uh, it's a fluctuating balance because it seemed like even, even the awards they gave out, like Disco Elysium won four awards, but we only saw them except two of them. Yes. You know, and even though Disco Elysium won the most awards, you know, Sekiro and Death Stranding and Control, they all got the headlines. But if Disco Elysium won four awards, then obviously it's a good game. And, I, and I and I say that with respect because obviously none of us have played it, so I don't want to like I don't want to sound like I'm shitting on Disco Elysium. What I'm saying is, if one game won four awards and that was the most awards, and that came from an independent developer, but yet the AAA games are still overshadowing the conversation, there's a problem. Yeah. So, like. If you're going to celebrate the awards and celebrate the people, because uh, part of that conversation was, well, the Dice Awards, they give out the awards, and they there's no reveals there. It's it's just like an Oscar-type show where they're just showing you know, the awards. If the Game Awards are going to be that, then fine, be that. But if, you're gonna, if, you, if your focus is going to be, hell, we have the surprise, then focus on that. You can't. It's going to be too hard to find the balance between the two. Yeah, I didn't mean it necessarily as a bad thing though, because the funny, like, I didn't realize it was going to be as long as it was. Actually, I watched it, it was two and a half hours. Yeah, so which is fine. Like, that's not a problem. I just I thought maybe it was going to be like just you know much shorter experience but no it's good that it was that long but i was thinking about halfway through and i know e3 is becoming a bit of a mess and this year was was whatever but i thought you know i actually enjoyed this more than e3 which surprised me because you know i get into the hype train i like the e3 presentations i watch them but i thought you know i really did enjoy this of having a bit of awards having music having the trailers so it, it wasn't a problem for me that it was advertising i didn't care in fact probably the least interesting thing for me in this whole thing was who won what because I, you know i don't really care anyway but i mean it's good to know the different games are out there but just uh, the whole experience as a concert i thought was pretty cool i, I quite enjoyed it see I, I don't i don't understand the concert parts like why was green day out there yeah but that's all right i mean well no 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 
Do any of you guys know that the reason that Green Day was there was to announce that their music is now in Beat Saber? Oh, okay. That's why they brought Green Day out, but that was never said. Yeah. That's my point, is you're bringing a band out here that everybody knows and respects. I mean, personally, I think Green Day shit. Sorry, Steven. But that's why they had Green Day on that stage, was to announce that their music was coming to Beat Saber. But nobody knew that. Yeah. But uh, see, that's a failure. No, I don't know because I think things like this—they—they they take fringe culture, you know, gaming fringe culture, and they make it more mainstream or whatever. Like, to be honest with you, how many people that are hardcore gamers even know what Beat Saber is? It's a VR game. It's already puts it in the hardcore gaming category, and I think we've got to be careful because you know, you you run a, a podcast that predominantly services hardcore gamers. You know, we both, you know, that that's the communities we mix in. So we know all these games, but if you're just like you know your average Joe or whatever playing one or one or two games games a year like you're not going to have played most of these games so you're not going to know anyway and i i think but, that performance of the of it being a concert thing is pretty cool like i think you would find but, it more but cj to, but to use your argument against you the hardcore gamers are the people that are watching the video game awards this isn't on tv this is on the internet this is people who are deep into the video game culture that are going to know what the video game awards are and and, and find a way to watch it. This isn't this isn't somebody <coughs> this isn't somebody at home channel surfing and you know as they're switching the channel go oh Green Day's performing and then they find out about it. <coughs> this is people that are actually trying to find the news that are involved in the situation. So in that situation. Great, they have Green Day there, but you failed on the message to say that, hey, our music is coming to Beat Saber. Yeah, okay, I see. I see the point. Yeah, but that's the point. Is like, I you have to find the balance because I only knew that they added Beat Saber because I happened to turn on Beat Saber, and I went, oh, that's why they had Green Day there. Yeah, they never said that during the show. Yeah. No, I mean, my thing is, like, as far as, like, the balance between awards and, you know, all that other stuff, game announcements, when I was looking up, you know, everything that happened at the Game Awards the morning after, I was, like, I wasn't necessarily, I wasn't excited about the awards themselves, like, I don't really care who won what, because to me, like, I don't need validation for the games I play or the games I like, and, you know, I know it's important to recognize the hard work that people put into games and, like, you know, champions of the industry, so, like, I think that the Game Awards are a great thing. The thing I cared about most, though, was you know the news. I'd agree. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you, Alice. But what I'm saying is, the mixture of the two is not a good mixture. You have to find either we're going to be an award show or we're going to be a press conference, or as CJ put it, advertisement. Yeah, it's... because that's that's basically what it is. I mean, but it's just like. It's gotten better over the years, the balance. Uh, you know, you actually had people presenting that actually wanted to present and knew what the fuck they were talking about. Um, but, yeah. Alright. So, that being said, let's move on. Uh, as of last week, I'm going to start doing this every week. I put a question in the Trophy Horse Facebook group. Uh, asking people for their uh, comments and questions. Uh, and we have three of them. Alice, we'll start with you. 
Levi Thomas says, I've noticed Walmart is selling pre-orders and the newest games for $49.99, $10 cheaper than everyone else. How are they doing this? What do you guys see doing it? What do you guys see this doing to the market? What happens when Walmart becomes their only place selling new games? Uh, okay, so my thing, what I've noticed, like digital codes at Walmart still cost fifty nine ninety nine. Like I, I've been buying Switch games at Walmart because they're ten dollars cheaper. So why the hell wouldn't I? Like I, we bought Luigi's Mansion from Walmart. I bought Pokemon Sword from or Shield from Walmart. So I mean, like if you're gonna offer me ten dollars off of a game without having to pre-order, without anything like that, then yes, I'm going to come to you. So, like, Walmart is now the place that we go to buy games. Now, like I said, digital codes are still $59.99 because I'm assuming that those are priced on the Nintendo Store and the PSN and, you know, Xbox Live and all that, so there's not much that Walmart can do about that. But Walmart undercutting competitors for the physical copies, like, that's something they can freely do if they want to. They just, you know, they don't want to obviously lose too much money on it. But yeah, they've become the place that we go to buy games because we can get them for cheaper. All right, and my answer is, well, the way Walmart does this is because Sony, Microsoft, all that, all all the developers, they sell their games to Walmart for a certain price, and that Walmart can sell it for basically whatever the hell they want. They don't. There's always a suggested price, but Walmart can sell it to whoever they want. And just like <clears throat> the movie business. You know, a lot of people don't realize this about this when you go to the movies. Uh, theaters don't make money off of your ticket sales. They make, like, pennies. Where they make their money, and that's and what people bitch about, is all the concessions. Yeah, which is why, like, if you try to bring in candy or anything that like that, you go to Target before a movie, stuff some candy in your jacket, and go into the movie theater. That's why they try to discourage that, because they charge you a lot more money for the products there, like the food and the drink there, because that's where they, they want to get you. Right. So what, what Walmart's doing is selling the game for $10 cheaper. They're taking their loss or, you know, less of a profit on the thing because they're betting that while you're in Walmart, you're also going to be shopping for other things, and that's where they'll make their money. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I think about it. How many more people buy digital games now? Like, I don't have data in front of me, but because of the convenience of buying a digital copy of a game, like... Are you really, as a retailer, going to focus so much on your physical copies, like your physical copies of video game sales? Because you're probably not selling nearly as much. I mean, Walmart for a while now has been the number one games retailer in the world, even more so than like a specialty retailer like GameStop. So with so many people buying straight off of, you know, the like straight from Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo, like via digital copies, like what's the point in focusing on selling $60 games just to try to like, you know match the msrp like whereas you know walmart they make enough money all over the place where they can just say hey we'll sell these games for cheaper like you said just to get you in the door and just to get you to buy other things all right uh cj you want to add anything to that no just just to, to echo the point i mean it's all down to the price margin isn't it or the profit margin or whatever else we have a similar situation in australia the two competing outlets and and one of them here sells for thirty dollars cheaper new releases on the first day it comes out than the other one and then it goes up ten dollars more so in the end it's still twenty dollars cheaper and they're the most successful um electronics chain in australia at the moment so it's definitely it's definitely doable and i think what your listeners should should really think about it if that's a concern they're worried about how it's going to impact on the long term is that maybe it's about time because if game pass can find a way to do this then maybe the profit margins have been too big somewhere along the line and this is just a correction 
you know, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel alarmed by it. And, you know, if you are alarmed by it and you feel like you should support these studios, then, you know, we've talked about this before, Tricky, buy it early and, you know, well, I mean, don't like, wait. Walmart but, selling cheaper games doesn't affect the studios because, you know, the people that sell the stores, they've already made their money. It's the, the only people losing out is, is uh, Walmart. Yeah, the studios are making their money already. Hmm. Yeah, well, no, but yes and no. I mean, you know, the studio develop. Yes, they their initial money, but how many copies they sell is going to determine how how you know their next game and the budgeting and the money up front. Because I think the myth too is that a lot of these studios are funding their own games. I mean, Microsoft and Sony are propping these studios up a lot of the time, and then they make the money on the back end. You know, I, I wonder how many of these studios are really as financial. You know, funding the project themselves, they're not. That's why they've been bought in the first place. You know, a lot of them have come in, so they get a guaranteed money up front. They can work on that, and they make it on the back end. So, no, I, I think, yeah, I understand that the initial allotment is there, but you know, there's a big difference between if they sell, you know, a hundred thousand at Walmart and two hundred thousand games. So, you know. yeah, but I mean, they, like Walmart reducing the price, you would figure that people are saving more money on games. Like, say, I buy five games a year from Walmart, and I save ten dollars each game. That's another game I can buy. You figure by reducing the price, they're actually helping developers because they'll sell more copies. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, but they're picking up, like, as you said yourself, you get in the store. I mean, let's be honest. Walmart could probably afford to sell those games for 20 US because they'll make it up on other products in the store. So it, it, it just comes around and goes around, I think. But, you know, like, I, I don't think you need to be, be worried about how, how it's going to affect, as you say, how it's going to affect the developer $10 here or, or there. So I think it's a far bigger issue that, you know, for your listeners, if they want to buy physical, you know, what this, this might do to the digital market. Because while you can buy it for whatever $10 less in your Walmart store, you can do some regional shopping on different PSN stores. You can get it for a lot cheaper if you're prepared to buy in different regions. So that's, that's a bigger issue, I think, in the long run. I think, you know, everyone likes to save money, but I think, I mean, unless it's massively different in America, I think you maybe overestimate the power of convenience. Like, well, whatever store is the closest to me, I'm not going to drive an extra 20K to save 10 bucks, you know. And I know some people will, but, you know, there's a, you know, where I'm here today, I don't care, I'll just buy it. So I think, I think we can't overestimate the power of the laziness of the human being as well. Oh, convenience? Like, convenience is a huge thing. Uh, like, this is an example I paid my property taxes online because I didn't want to mail a check somewhere or drop checks off somewhere. So I ended up paying a convenience fee of paying online of $88 yeah. just to pay from home. You are insane. <laughs> it's based, it was a percentage based on the total cost of uh, the property taxes, the value of the, the land. Now, I, I, I fully understand that, but you are still insane. Well, here's the other thing. I essentially buy, I paid early. So what I paid. For in the convenience fee plus what I paid for the property taxes, like basically added up to what I owed. It was the uh, the gross amount. So they gave me a discount by paying early, which you know was taken up by the money that I had to pay in a convenience fee. So the way I, I the way I reason is, well, I got it taken care of in a few minutes, and I just paid the gross tax on the house yeah. instead of getting a discount. Yeah, that's right. I think I think it's all. I, I can see you shaking your head, tricky. But I think it's I think it's all relative. You to who spends hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars, you spend thousands of dollars on pops, and then you go out and buy like multiple copies of like boxed games and consoles, and you're gonna sit in here and tell me about eighty eight dollar convenience fee? No, sir, tricky. You're not going to. No, I am going to because I, when I spend my money, I spend money on the best deal I can. I don't go. 
well, I'm lazy ass. I don't want to go to the post office to get a stamp. So I'm going to pay $88 instead of 47 cents. Okay. You know what, Tricky? You want to sit here and you want to talk about numbers? I'll tell you the only numbers that matter. Level 45, 182 Platinums, 9,957 total trophies. Daryl is back! King! Are you getting a check from him for this? Like, what, what's going on here? You know, I haven't got any money for coming on today. You're here spruiking this guy's score. Like, what's going on here? What sort of show is this? You know, what I'm enjoying about this show, Tricky Yield, who's not here today, and Alex, is that we've got in here an hour and 20 minutes, whatever the edit will work out at, there hasn't been one dick butt shoving something up there joke. I can't listen to that other thing that's going on in this network <laughs> anymore. I'm not a 12-year-old whoa, whoa, boy. Whoa, I do not whoa, need to know where second, you hold, put your whoa, carrots, whoa, sir. There is nothing hold, more oh, dangerous C- in this CJ, world on, than a hold conservative, hold on, hold on, hold on. conservative straight CJ. white man experimenting. Be careful, sir. CJ, I have to be clear. The Loot Bros podcast is not a part of Proving Gamer. Look, I'm all for a good dick and butt joke, you know, but, but uh, 90 minutes of it, it's pushing it. <laughs> leave that in the show, Alex. Take what out of the show? I said, no, leave that in the show. When, what do I ever take out? Well, I take out stuff, but like that kind of stuff, no, I leave in. It's it's a natural show. <laughs> I left in when I edited. I left in a Kurt Cobain joke. So oh. yeah. Oh, it's not not too early for that. I, uh, behind the scenes, I, yeah, behind the scenes, I disagreed with that. But anyway, that was that was uh, a great answer to that question because that really dragged on. All right. So the next question uh, comes from Homework Get Stuffed. He says, "What are you guys? What are your guys' most watched Christmas specials movies that you watch every year?" The answer and the only answer is Die Hard. Uh, 24 hours of a Christmas story. My dad, you know, my family does like Christmas Eve over at their house, like an early Christmas dinner. And my dad always has a 24 hours of Christmas story on, uh, opening gifts. So that's always a highlight for me. Uh, I, you know, Home Alone is always a solid watch. I don't, it's not something I've made a habit of watching on Christmas, but I, I kind of want to start that this year or at least watch it this year. And, uh, and then lately, uh, Ashley, the kids, and I have been watching. Uh, we're trying to get through the the six episodes of the holiday edition of Nailed It. I guess the season two of the holiday edition of Nailed It because uh, it's super you, funny. You guys watch that too? The Goddess and and Sweet Mama D watch that. I, I I don't know. I can't get into it's, it. It's a lot of fun. I'll take your word for it. Uh, CJ, yeah. I... To be honest, I don't really watch anything like uh, you know from year to year. See, uh, the weather here is obviously different in Australia at Christmas compared to you. It's it's usually really hot here, so we're often outside more this time of year. So I don't think we really have anything. No, we just drink too much and eat. That's really it. That's the Australian life over Christmas. There's no time for these <laughs> drink and eat too much. You're talking about the American dream, CJ. Oh yeah, I know, I know. But we do it outside because it's so hot. <laughs> Whereas you, you're more indoors because it's so cold this time of year. So you, you, I can understand why you would have movies and things you watch. No, 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 no. We, we drink and eat too much year-round. Like, it doesn't yeah. need to be the holidays for well, that to happen. The, that's, the, that, the that's an American way. thing. Yeah. American way. <laughs> in the middle of summer, you can find people shoving hot dogs in their mouth on Coney Island in a damn competition to see who, how many people can eat the most Frankfurters. <laughs> that's, you know, more power to, to whatever you want to do with your life. Good for you. I don't want to do that with my life. No, 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 no. But, you know, there, there are people that do. You know, I mean, it's amazing how, how many sausages people can swallow these days. It's truly amazing. Well, in the gag reflex, I'm told, tricky. Hmm. Interesting. 
I'm 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 ignoring most of this conversation. And the last question is That's a highbrow uh, penis joke, Daryl. Highbrow. Look it up. Uh the other thing from uh Homer is saying, What is your favorite gaming related Christmas memory? Mine was getting my uh original NES for Christmas. Uh, for me, like, it was always, you know, getting a console on Christmas, but, uh, I think the thing that I'm gonna go, have to go with, like, buying a Switch last year and having it as a surprise gift for the kids and something we could all play and hook up and then, like, put in Super Smash Brothers and start unlocking characters and just playing all day, uh, that was a ton of fun, so, like, being able to see, make them happy and then also, like, play games that I really wanted to play and, you know, really get into another Nintendo console after kind of, like, my interest dying on the Wii and just not even buying the Wii U. Like, that that was a really great memory. That's yeah. good, yeah. Favorite. Well, I don't know. A few years ago, we were in... Now, I always say this wrong because I say it with an Australian accent, but Wyoming? How do you, how do you say it in America? Wyoming. Oh, I said it right. Good. I Cheyenne! But, yeah, Cheyenne in Jackson Hole. And we were... So it was a white Christmas, which is unusual. Jackson, don't you talk about Jackson's Hole. <laughs> that's right you know you can really get in there what about and, the whole jackson uh, it, look no and anyway to cut a long story short or whatever mm-hmm. else so it's a white christmas or whatever but you know it's different over there obviously because everyone goes out you know you, your whole family's not there so it's not a massive you know day of lunch and stuff and and skis and there was a massive powder day up to our waist and so like that i don't think i'll ever forget that because it's so different to you heard it here first first folks cj loves a white christmas in jackson's hole that's right with lots of powder so <laughs> It was a snorting good time, sir. Wow. All right. Let's close out the show with some housekeeping. Let's clean this shit up. Uh, Alex, do we test CJ or do we just let him go? I passed the test last time. I'm free. What do you mean, test CJ? All right. We got to test CJ. Proofgaming.com is looking for some nice podcasts. This video is news. They're on Deezer. Is that the answer? No. Oh, damn it. Uh, Proofing Gaming is looking for some writers, podcasts, videos, news, sports, and generalized help on the site. If you're interested in buying, go to ProofingGaming.com, click on the Help Want tab, and fill out the application. I will get back to you as soon as possible. While you're there, be sure to check out all the articles and all the videos. Speaking of our videos, they can be found on YouTube by doing a search for Official Proofing Gamer. You can also catch me streaming at twitch.tv backslash Proofing Gamer, and also twitch.tv backslash Extra Life, the number four kids, uh, where me and Sweet Mama D are now streaming Sundays at 3 p.m. Uh, Easter Standard Time, which CJ said he would not watch us because that's when he sleeps. Yes, that's early for us here. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, there are several ways to get a hold of us. The first is our phone number. Alex, what's the phone number? 330 Proven 9. 330 Proven 9. Find the damn numbers yourself. You don't know the numbers? No. I li- Look, I may be on this show and have been on this show for six years, but if you think I've put those numbers to memory with all the other shit I've got to think about during the day, then you, sir, are a fool. Seven seven six eight three six nine. Hallelujah. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, we greatly appreciate it. Be sure to listen to our other podcast. Deezer. It's on Deezer. Was that right? De- Deezer, yes. Good, got it. <laughs> uh, the other podcast, PG Spoilers and Game Stuff. All the podcasts can be found on Apple Podcasts, follow you iTunes, sit you your various podcast applications on your smart devices, Google Play, uh iHeartRadio and Spotify, and you can also listen to Trophy Wars on Pandora and Deezer, as CJ just pointed out. I know. I'm, I'm giving you credit, sir. Thank you. 
if you want to get involved in the PlayStation 4 communities, there's one for the site called Proof Gamer. There's one for the show called T Does Brothel because Shuhei will not let us say whores on the network. And Alex's group, where she forgets to give you shout outs, is the Platinum. Alex's group? That's not my group. Don't give that credit to me. I said, I'm sorry. I'm (laughs) half asleep. Yield group. Uh, that is the end of the housekeeping, but we do have some sponsors. Our first sponsor is Humble Bundle. Alex, tell us about Humble Humble. Humble Bundle, Bundle is a charity initiative, and every month they bundle together different digital media. Probably the most you care about is going to be the video game section. Uh, they give away a lot of Steam codes and computer games, basically at a reduced price. Now, each bundle is tiered, so the more money that you pay, the more you'll get. But you'll always get a great deal on a on a bundle. Uh, usually, you pay the top amount, and you'll you know you'll get a good seven to nine games, all valued at like you know anywhere between. Uh, $200, $250, and uh, you are helping charity. So the more money that you can give, the better. So uh, while you can name your own price, definitely don't skip and uh, get the most for your money. Uh, To check out what they have, go to homebundle.com and sign up for their electronic newsletter. All right. Our next sponsor is Extra Life. Extra Life is a charity to raise money for the uh, Children's Medical Network Hospital that raises money for pediatric cancer research and treatment. Uh, Next year's uh, date has not been announced yet, uh, but we do expect it to be on Daylight Savings Time next year. Uh, and to date, uh, for this year, Extra Life has raised $13.5 million. Uh, as I said, you can also catch me and Sweet Mama D streaming on their official Twitch page Sundays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our last sponsor is our Patreon. If you could and would each and every time you go onto the internet, go to patreon.com backslash. See, I screwed that up. I started combining Amazon. Uh, Patreon.com backslash Proof of Gamer. There's different tiers on there. And a special announcement is there is going to be a Patreon exclusive podcast that you're going to have to be a patron. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to hear the podcast. A new podcast is launching on the Proving Gamer Network. Alex, did you know about that? Guess not. CJ, did you know I about that? I did not know that, but Alex, I believe, is not a Patreon, so that's why he would not know. Yes. This is true. <laughs> yes, but I asked you if you knew there was a new podcast coming. Well, now you know, and knowing is half the battle, but also my sound cut out. <laughs> yes, I figured. Uh, Amazon, if you could... would. Each and every time you do your shopping on Amazon, stop by Proving Gamer first. Click on any Amazon link and you continue to normal shopping. Doesn't cost you anything extra and does help out the site tremendously. With that being said, let's close the show out with some shout outs. CJ, start us off, sir. Yeah, look, I'd like to thank you guys again. I know I don't get to come on very often because of work and stuff, but look, I really do enjoy it. Tricky Mick, Alex, Yield, Steve. I think I've heard you once, perhaps. Uh, Sid, uh, you're, you're all awesome and thank you for doing this. I know that I know that you have a great community that you've built. And as you've told me before, not everyone always reaches out, but trust me, they are listening and you're, you're doing great things. So I'd like to, I'd like to thank you very much for the opportunity to come on. And I want to, I want to warn your listeners that I'm on holidays for quite some time now. So I may impose again on the boys. We'll see. So now is the time to stop what you're doing. Get on the Facebook group and go, if you put that CJ bastard back on this show again, I will never listen again. Now is the time to do that. My friends. No, CJ, you're welcome anytime, sir. Mm, that's not what Sony said when they refused to send me any more checks. No, it's going on there. But anyway. All right, Alex, your shout out, sir. Okay. 
Well, first and foremost, I want to give a shout out to the listeners, the fuel to the fire that is Trophy Horse. Thank you all for continuing to support the show and push us to even greater heights. Because of you, we are on so many different avenues, from iHeartRadio to Spotify to Pandora to uh, Deezer, not to be confused with a geezer or the band Weezer. Yield had a little trouble with that last week, but uh, to clarify, it's Deezer. Uh, yes, thank you all for sharing a bit of your time with us week, every week. We know that your time is valuable. It's the most important resource you have. So that we appreciate that you all give some of it to us every single week. We hope you all we give you all a quality show every time we record. Give a shout-out to CJ for joining us this week, as well as a shout-out to Tricky. And, of course, uh, Yield couldn't join us, but as always, a shout-out to him, and hopefully everything's okay with the personal situation he's dealing with. And last but not least, I want to give a shout-out to my loving girlfriend, Ashley. I love you, honey, and uh, thank you for a great birthday weekend. And I want to give a shout out to Sweet Mama D, the goddess who is sitting behind me waiting to cook me dinner because she's going to make me chicken cutlets. With do you, do you all and... always eat chicken cutlets? Because I swear to God, every time I hear what you all are eating, it's chicken cutlets. I do eat a lot of chicken cutlets. But you have you have someone that can cook Greek food in your house and you're never like, let's have some Greek food. Because Greek food sucks. I really hope she punches you in the face after we're off the air. Ah, she loves me. Um, shout out to the listeners. Thank you very much. Uh, and uh, we are taking next week off for uh, Christmas. So you guys will not have a show over Christmas. But we will be recording four days after Christmas. So you're going to get a show for New Year's. So, so uh, we'll see you guys after Christmas. And uh, with the, all that being said, if there's nothing else, happy trophy hunting. Later. The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines. <laughs> <laughs>